0: Thank you for joining us. This is another episode of the podcast, Marketing, Management, and Money. I am your host, Ryan Owens. And I am your host, Ryan Murray. Thank you for joining us today. We have a special guest on the show. This is the governor of the state of Utah, and I would like to uh, inform (laughs) everybody of our imminent situation. (laughs) We need everybody to stay indoors. Go down in in your root cellar take your 47 years worth of food and water and we need to ride this puppy out yeah so uh if you guys didn't know there is <laughs> what was that uh, <laughs> i don't know there's a a, a life threatening situation occurring currently and uh there is it, yeah and it's it's drastically affecting
1: utah's toilet paper supply You know, I wish you were joking right now. Yeah. But 100%. Today, in the great state of Utah, United States, it is difficult to go find toilet paper. And you know, you know that
0: any Utah listening to this right now is like, oh crap, that's the governor. We got (laughs) to go.
1: Molly! The governor sounds nothing like that. I know, right? Get to the basement! But, yeah, so what what in the world led right. us to have a toilet paper shortage, <laughs> and why is the rest of the nation laughing at us?
0: I know, right? So uh, as I'm sure everybody under the sun knows that there's a little tiny bug crawling around called the coronavirus. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I, and, and I, I have talked to, an incredible amount of people about this, like asking this question. And I have yet to understand this, but for whatever reason, under everything that we <laughs> can, yes, for as far as we could see, the Mormons have banded together and said, we're going to get sick. Let's buy the toilet paper. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't get it. Why? Why, why do I, I my fellow Utah's think that it's
1: relevant. I, I, I was related. Like what? I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine from California and she's like, What are you guys doing with it? Like wrapping your head in toilet paper to keep yourself safe? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't seen anyone walking around looking like a mummy. But one hundred percent you can't buy toilet paper. All right, all right. So, so how do we turn this into something I was gonna that say, our small businesses care about, other than laughing at Utah? Yeah,
0: I was I was gonna say we can make jokes about Utahns
1: <laughs> for a long time, right? But so here's here's the thing, and this is what matters. How in the world, as a small business, how do you predict that people are going to? Buy all the toilet... I mean, I'm talking Costco was out, Walmart was out. Like, you could yeah. not find toilet paper. Local grocery stores, corner drug stores, gonzo. Yeah, yeah. Statewide. Empty. Right. And so, as a small business, how do you predict these kinds of things? And how do you fortify yourself against them? Because I'll tell you, when catastrophes happen, and they happen, when the catastrophes happen... There's two things that happen with the businesses that are involved. They either go under or they make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And since we're not in favor of businesses going under, now, we don't like profiteering. I I don't think that's the correct answer, taking advantage of people. No, no. (laughs) At least I'm not. He's not a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Arrgh. Be ye warned. I right know there's somebody
0: out there that's just listening for the first time. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this dude has an eye patch. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, y- you do not want to profiteer. That's just, it's morally wrong. I don't care who you are. Don't be that guy. Don't be that business. Yeah. So, really quick, for those out there who might not understand the term,
0: find profiteering really quick.
1: Okay. So... Because I
0: think that's relevant to this type of a scenario that we're going to be talking about.
1: It it is. It is relevant. And so when I'm saying profiteering or we're talking about pirating, basically Mm -hmm. the idea is if someone is in dire need and you start gouging them just because you can. Yeah. And, you know, there's a difference between supply and demand. And when there's short supply, you want to, you know, increase your price. That's not profiteering. That's saying, hey, you know what? I planned appropriately. I happen to have all the supply. Therefore, I'm going to sell it at a premium. Yeah. A premium is different than profiteering. Profiteering is where you are gouging. You're taking advantage of the situation. You're hurting people by how much you're trying to profit from you know, them having to buy this item from you. Yeah, and I
0: think that's really the key of it right there is if you are inflicting suffering on people just because you have something that they need and they can't get it otherwise. And you're unrelenting in your, you know, drive for a profit that you're like, Hey, I'm, I don't care if you need this or you're suffering or whatever. In fact, I hope you have more so that I can charge more. Like,
1: yeah, that's the difference. It's, and 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 here's the flip side of that is so businesses, anytime there is a disaster, anytime there is a major catastrophe, businesses play a key role in recovering from that disaster. Right. They're the ones that are manufacturing the goods that need to be shipped into these places. You know, they're they're producing all of the things that, you know, the medical supplies, the food, the transportation. Yeah. This is all done through businesses. And and so you know having businesses at the forefront of disasters is is a great way to recover as quickly as possible from the disaster right and so you know a business in that situation can do a lot of good they can also do a lot of bad and so we're only going to address businesses doing a lot of good staying on the moral side of the compass and making sure that you know you're the one helping but yeah how how do you how do you predict that how do you be the one helping and also how do you guard yourself what what are some of the precautions that businesses need to take so that they're able to weather these storms better
0: yeah i think one of the key things that i see small businesses feel like they i feel like small businesses think that they are just forced to, by nature of being a small business, they're forced to ride this razor thin edge of being financially, I'm not even going to say healthy, like financially existence stable. I don't, I wouldn't even call it stable. (laughs) I feel like there are way too many small businesses out there that are just like, well, this is the way it is. No, it's not. You can manage your finances and your business in such a way that you have healthy growth. You have healthy financial books. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And, and and that's so interesting is, I'll tell you, if you don't have a healthy balance sheet, and that's where you're going to see it is you're going to see it on the balance sheet. Yeah. If you do not have a healthy balance sheet, then when disaster strikes, you're going to struggle more than someone who has a healthy balance sheet. And if you don't know what we mean by healthy balance sheet, tune in to episode 10 where we talked about cleaning up bad financials off of the balance sheet. It's a wonderful episode; covers all of that. But it's it's the balance sheet that is the tool to measure how healthy and successful you are. Right. So I think for me, I think that that would be my
0: first uh, my first point of advice is to to make sure that you are financially healthy and and on a sure footing. That doesn't mean that you have to be completely debt-free or operating only on cash and, you know, like right. these idealistic things that I think people uh, put place too much value on, place too much weight on, right? Yeah, but um, you're not over-leveraged.
1: It, right, exactly. You know, you you know your supply chain, you understand right. the risks that are affecting your supply chain. Yeah. You know? you're making conscious
0: decisions about the risk that you're taking. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you have to be completely free of risk. In fact, a lot of times risk is healthy for growth. Mm-hmm. It's
1: required for healthy
0: growth. Yes,
1: yes. Um, but and and, and I want to just touch on this, that if you're going to take risk in one area, limit how many areas you're going to extend yourself at a time. So yeah. if if you have yourself in a risky situation for growth, great. Don't put yourself in three risky situations all at the same time. That that's right. too much. You know, manage one risky situation at a time, especially if they're high risk. If they're medium risk, one or two. That's fine. Yeah. But if it's a high risk situation, tackle one at a time. You don't have to be in four high risk situations all at once, being like, We're gonna grow. That's yeah. Too much. We're gonna diversify our product line
0: and we're gonna grow all of our profits. <laughs>
1: and we're going to triple the size of our workforce Yeah. and we're going to launch three new warehouses across the united states and i mean uh, bringing all of our supply stateside yeah I, I i mean and and we're being a little bit facetious and exaggerating here that's on yeah. purpose but those kinds of things really happen it's tempting yeah. to look at it and be like oh hey i, I could do this and i could do this and I'm, I'm going ultra green yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh... baby steps, man, right. we'll get there. Right. Yeah. You know, right.
0: The hope for the future is not lost anyway. So, uh, another, so that's my first point. My second point would be if you are, if you're a company that provides actual goods, I think it's part, I, and this might be counterintuitive, but I think uh, a solid piece of advice for small businesses that carry actual products is to manage your inventory And that kind
1: of comes back to- um, How is managing your inventory counterintuitive?
0: Well, okay. So this is the piece that I think is a little bit counterintuitive. And I've seen this happen. Okay. Clarify then. Some people are probably listening being like, well, duh. But I have seen so many companies when they hear about a disaster coming or some imminent threat to the economy or their business in specific or- whatever they all of a sudden will buy up as much inventory as possible to prepare for that. Ah. And that's not smart all the time. I mean, there is the occasional um, situation that comes along where that is appropriate, but in from what I've seen, that is more circumstantial or, or chance based than actually something that you can like plan on and be like, well, no, because of, X, Y, and Z, we need this. Like, you don't know when Hurricane Katrina is going to freaking rip through the Gulf. And then all of a sudden, so this is an experience that um, I was able to uh, be privy to. I wasn't part of, but I was able to observe um, when there was a disaster in the Southern States uh, and there was a a particular nationwide company that they, they didn't have all of the, supply for to to contribute to um the rescue efforts and and other things that were going on the rebuilding efforts and whatnot yeah but they were a nationwide company and they they literally took their employees and sent them from like michigan and wisconsin and wyoming and they sent them down to the southern states to volunteer Mm. now this is a nationwide company. This isn't a startup, small business, but but they did what they could. Right. They, they took the resources
1: they had available to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even though they saw that they saw some of these storms of things coming, they weren't like, whoa, we're going to make a huge profit." Mm-hmm. They continued to manage their inventories. They saw fit,
1: and then when those things happened, they did what they could. So. I, I love the examples you're giving, but I want to and and maybe this is just how my mind operates, but I want to clarify something. You know, when you talk about manage your inventory and you said, "Oh, don't go buy up a whole bunch, you know, in in time and and in my mind I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, but you can take that one of two ways. And what I would like to clarify is to say, "Don't gamble your inventory." If you know something is coming and you're like, "Okay, I want to have a little bit extra on hand, that's still managing the inventory. Oh, but sure. If, but if you're sitting there and you're just like, all right, it's coming. I know it's happening. And so, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go and buy all this stuff that unless this catastrophe happens, I can't sell it. Right. You know, th- that to me is gambling where you're yeah. just throwing it out there. And so, like I said, maybe that's how I look at things. No, I, I think that's a valid point. That's a great clarification because I, I wasn't.
0: I'm not being clear in, in, I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, I think you're absolutely right. What kind of more of what I was saying is is not even the gambling side of it, but almost like the uh, the fear side of it. Like, oh my gosh, we're doomed. Like, (laughs) Molly, get to the shelter. Kind of, kind of an attitude. Like, we need to buy up all of this widget so that uh, when it happens, we're we can
1: you know we don't have to
0: worry about our supply.
1: Okay, okay, and and. That's my bad. I so want to get to that, but sure. Let me let me just give an example here before we move on to the paranoia stage, right? Yeah. Uh, let me let me give an example of I was actually talking with a uh, a warehouse out of Florida, and they uh, you know so this this whole coronavirus is going on right now. Everyone's getting all worked up in a frenzy over it. Yeah. Just a couple weeks back, so one of the things that they warehouse is face masks. Yeah. Those those little, you know, HEPA filter face masks things. That yeah, the they, allergen, the yeah. dust and contaminant
0: right. filter. Whatever. Right,
1: right. Yeah. And so they were sitting on these and they had noticed a slump in sales. Okay. And the... You know the the business owner. He's looking at this and he's like, oh, "What do I do?" And he's like, "Maybe maybe I need to discount these things and liquidate, run a run a spring special because you know I I used to be able to clear out a couple boxes, uh, you know, a couple boxes a month, and and now I I haven't moved anything for a couple months and and then boom, all of a sudden coronavirus hits. He's got customers who haven't talked to him in years calling him up and wanting to get face masks because they know that they carry. And one of the things that I thought was really cool that he did is he said, he's like, you know, we had a pallet worth and people were telling me, you know, they're like, I'll buy 25 boxes right now. And what he did is he went to his loyal customers and he reached out to them and he said, Hey, would you like to buy? And and he was he Used was it as a
0: relationship
1: building. Yeah, cool. he, he was smart nice. in what he did. And he's like, you know what? You've been good to me over the years. I'm now going to be good to you. And Very and cool. that goes back to kind of that non-profiteering where he was looking out for people that were looking out for him and building that relationship and keeping a cool head like he didn't as soon as someone wanted to buy he could have just been like okay here it is he could have doubled the price yeah and sold to the you know the the, the first bidder and he would have cleared that pallet out in no time i mean he did clear that pallet out very quickly yeah but but it wasn't like Hey everybody, we're having a Saturday auction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when you talk about managing inventory, I'm like, Hey, what a smart thing for him. He thought he was going to have to, you know, kind of liquidate this stuff. A fluke yeah. happens. He could have never predicted and now he's in the position where he's got the power card, but he didn't, he didn't leverage it. He just yeah. worked with his customers, you know, got it out there. He's like, yeah, I sold my pallet. It took me a day and that yeah. pallet was gone, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's what i mean
0: with when i said earlier about how um you you can't really plan for situations like this in a lot of ways it's it's more circumstantial when you just happen to have the right inventory for the right situation in the right disaster in the right area Mm -hmm. like it's right it it's just chance i mean it's really i mean i don't know maybe there's some magician out there some analyst that's like, oh, I can predict it, but... Mm, I'm pretty sure there's more people who have failed at
1: predicting the end of the world than right. ever gotten it right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's, in terms of small businesses, in terms of my experience, I it's it's not something that happens. And so I wouldn't try to game the system. Like you're saying, playing that, you know, playing at the roulette table in terms of inventory, that's not a good idea. Yeah, It's yeah. just not. It's not like you have a... 10% chance of return. You don't have that. It, yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah. So, back to the paranoia.
1: Oh, okay. So, I mean, this is this in my mind is like the big one and and this is probably where we're going to wrap up this whole discussion, but <laughs> let's talk let's talk the paranoia bug. Yeah. I think it's
0: ugh. I've seen the paranoia bug j- just completely flatten companies that were otherwise healthy yeah like it is insane right there was a there was a customer or a client that I worked with not a customer a client that I worked with that uh he he took too much risk on by I mean ultimately what happened is he took too much risk on because of his paranoia in saying like oh this side of my business this is happening and like his industry, I guess I should give some, some notes here, some details. <laughs> okay, It's all, it's all clear in my head. Why can't you guys <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just yeah. We're, it, we're totally right? on board. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me back up. Slow down. All right. So this client that I worked with, uh, he came to me talking to me about uh, a situation in his industry where his industry had made a pretty solid shift. Um, and it wasn't in his favor, unfortunately. And so, mm. We were discussing his options, um, ways that he could leverage his situation, or or pivot, um, make the best out of it. uh, You know, really just avoid having to do massive layoffs and wash his hands and start over, kind of a deal. Yeah. So he followed up with me a few weeks after we initially met, and he had had told me that he determined that it was best if he diversified his business. Portfolio, and he actually opened another sister company okay. to try to compensate, so, so to try to take advantage of that shift in the market. That shift in the market. Yeah, and um, it ended up just being a wave. It wasn't a, a, a consistent change, and it ended up just flattening both his company. He had had the company for. I think it was about 12 years. Mm-hmm. It was over 10 years. It was over a decade. Yeah. Um, and yeah, completely flattened that company because he wasn't willing to try to work with the changes. And because he put all of his eggs in that other basket in the new basket of trying to ride that wave, which didn't pan out just
1: and not even in a year, that thing was gone and and what this boils down to the word here is fear. Yeah. If you are managing out of fear, you are always on the oh downward spiral. Yeah. It's not a healthy way to manage your business. I as as you were talking, I thought of another company that I had the privilege of working with where the owner was getting quite a bit older and he didn't have the best health and you knew that he was thinking okay I, you know i'm i'm gonna kick the bucket one of these days and so he wanted to leave his company in good hands but the problem was he thought everyone was just after his money yeah and he got into this this weird yeah. paranoia where and he ended up getting rid of his management team and bringing in he basically would only bring in people that were a non-threat to him in his mind. But because they were a non-threat, they were actually incompetent. And so oh. he got rid of all of his competent management, brought in incompetent management. That way they weren't a threat to him because he was afraid. Yeah. And, you know. Which just ends up being a facade. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's. It, it's a, it's a bad situation to get into. And so regardless of whether there is, you know, a, a calamity going on, whether there is a health scare going on, whether it's just internal, you cannot manage out of fear. You, right. you, you've got to just, you know, keep your cool, keep your head. Don't don't get all nervous and antsy and start making dumb decisions. That's what happens. It's dumb decisions. Yeah. Well, and before we wrap up, I know we're getting there.
0: I I think I think we I would like to have a conversation about that. Maybe we need to do another podcast episode where we talk about entrepreneurs and fear because yeah. it's an interesting paradox that as entrepreneurs uh we fight through that initial fear of becoming an entrepreneur right mm-hmm. like you have to take that leap and it's like stomach up through your throat and you know yeah yeah flying at 90 miles an hour and your eyes are watering <laughs> and you just have no clue what's going on but you know it's like you just got to give it the onion and go sometimes and that's terrifying and as an entrepreneur you fight through that but then i i like you're mentioning with um I think as, as we mature as entrepreneurs and small business owners, we, we build something and we recognize that. And for us, it has so much value, so much inherent value that can't be valued in money or, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's sentimental. And, it, you know, even if you sell your company and you're like, wow, yeah, I made a killing on that. Mm-hmm. There still is something, there's still a piece of you, you know, there's still that sentimental piece that's like, that hangs on it. and. And, and so it's like our fear transforms yeah. as
1: entrepreneurs, yeah. so. And, and there, I mean, there's a lot that we could yeah. go into there, but we're gonna wrap it up for today. I think we covered some good ground. Moral of the story is, hey, you know what? As entrepreneurs, go out there, make a difference. People in the world need you, they need your goods, they need your services. You're making a difference, so keep at it and uh, ration
0: your toilet paper. And ra- if you're in Utah,
1: <laughs> no, no no, sell your toilet paper if you're in Utah. <laughs> Take your printer paper, cut it up into squares. <laughs> You'll make a killing. Oh, and with that, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you again next week. Take care.